Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. As you and I have talked about over the years, Tom, there has just been such a growth and such a hunger in our space for benchmarking data, for programmatic measurement opportunities. And Ethisphere has grown very organically over the course of the last 15 years, trying to bring those solutions and those resources to the ethics and compliance community as a whole. That was Erica Salmon Byrne. She is now the CEO of Ethisphere. In this episode, we discuss the acquisition of Ethisphere by Alpine Investors, what it means for Ethisphere, new directions that Ethisphere will forge going forward, and how data-driven ESG is something the compliance community should embrace, and Ethisphere will certainly help us do it. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Erica Salmon-Byrne. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode, and I'm more than thrilled to have with me back Erica Salmon-Byrne. Erica was on the pod a few weeks back to talk about the opening of registration for the application process for 2023 World's Most Ethical Company Awards. But it turns out there's even some more exciting news (laughs) that came out, and I asked if she could come on and tell us, and she graciously took some of her very busy time, and you'll find out why it's her very busy time now. So with that very discombobulated introduction, Erica, first of all, welcome. And all I can say is congratulations, double. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Really appreciate that. I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited for what our news means for the ethics and compliance community that we both love so much and what we are going to be able to do with this next chapter of Ethisphere. So maybe we should start with the next chapter of Ethisphere, and reading from the title of the press release, Ethisphere announces partnership with Alpine Investors to grow data-centered approach to ESG governments. There's probably about six podcasts just in that (laughs) title, so maybe you can break it down for us. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. As you and I have talked about over the years, Tom, there has just been such a growth and such a hunger in our space for benchmarking data, for programmatic measurement opportunities. And Ethisphere has grown very organically over the course of the last 15 years, trying to bring those solutions and those resources to the ethics and compliance community as a whole. And at the beginning of this year, we started to explore the possibility of taking on a partner who would be able to help us accellerate that growth. And we started a whole process. It's a very long process. That's a 
it's a conversation for over a drink of some kind in terms of just how long and involved that process was. But at the end of it, we really found what I think is going to be the best home for the business going forward. And that is as a part of the Alpine family. So for those of you on the line who don't know Alpine, it is a a private equity firm based in San Francisco that bills itself as people-focused private. That was particularly appealing to us here at Ethosphere because we think we have some of the most talented folks on the planet doing the work that we do. And so the idea we could partner with someone who was really going to invest in our people and our growth was very appealing. They're also a B Corp. So they're committed to doing things the right way, to sustainability, to the kinds of initiatives that mean a lot to us. And they were particularly interested in partnering with us because they see a need to define the standards uh, in a amorphous ESG world where we're all trying to figure out what metrics really matter. They saw an opportunity to invest there to start to define what standards matter, particularly on the S and the G. And we really think we've got a great opportunity to do that in partnership with them. And that transaction closed at the end of September and we launched the first week of October. So we are fresh into at the sphere 3.0 and really doubling down on the way we collect data, how we use data, the technology that supports the data we use and what that can mean for the community as a whole. So as part of that announcement, and actually, let me go back to Alpine, because mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly significant that they're a B Corp, yep. uh, obviously a people first philosophy. But could you tell us uh, your understanding what a B Corp certification is, why that was so important to Ethosphere, and really how all of us in the compliance community can use that information uh, simply about a B Corp certification going forward? Yeah, a B Corp is basically a process that a company goes through to look at practices around diversity, equity, and inclusion, sustainability, carbon footprint, a lot of the things that we think about when we think about this idea that we believe so strongly, which is that companies are a part of the communities in which they operate, and they should think about their impact on their stakeholders writ large. And so it's a certification process that you go through, much like the certification process work that we do for ethics and compliance teams. And it really is emblematic of the commitment that Alpine has to being a people-focused PE firm, that they took the step of going through B Corp certification in the first place. All of their practices would need to get examined, particularly as it pertains to the way they treat their people. And that was important to us because PE has a reputation, right? And these guys are really doing everything they can to do PE the right way. So to come to companies like ours with the resources, the support, the skills that PE brings, but without the sharp elbows. Thank you for saying that. So I didn't have to ask that question. But the other thing that really impressed me, Erica, was the people first component of Alpine. I had the opportunity to look at that on their website. And frankly, they bring an entire approach, which many compliance practitioners will not simply be comfortable with, but we'll probably rejoice around because it's what we talk about in the ethics and compliance community and have been for some time. So I was wondering if you could say a few words about your understanding of the people first approach. Yep, absolutely. So the thing that I love about people first, and we are admittedly in the very beginning stages of our participation in Alpine's people first process. But the thing that I really appreciate about people first, Tom, is it starts with the why. So the very first part of a people of Alpine's people first process is making sure that the company itself has really defined the core of its purpose, right? Why does the company exist? Why does it get out of bed in the morning? What is the what is at the heart of its social license to operate? And then they cascade that people first that purpose model, purpose driven model down through the entire organization using the one page process. So everybody at Atmosphere 
will have their version of our purpose statement as a business and what it means to their role in particular. And the idea behind it is, this is Alpine's animating investing thesis, is that great people make great companies. And really the part they're most prescriptive about from an investment perspective in terms of bringing you into the Alpine way of doing things is this people first process. This is the key, the core of what they do. And it's this idea that if you invest in your people, if you empower your people, if you have all of your people pulling together behind the same purpose, great things will happen. And, and so we're really excited. About I just that. had a flashback, I think, to 2009 when I first met you guys. And I think you were with Corpedia. I was with Corpedia at the time. Yep. Yep. And that's when I first got started going to conferences and met you guys. And what a great journey. And this is not the end. This is just a part of the journey. Yep. But for you... In your journey from Corpedia to Ethosphere to now partnering with Alpine and to have a people first approach to all of that, I'm just, I'm just stunned by that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the thing that I love the most about it, Tom, is it's such a symbol of where our space has turned out to be, right? If you had told the 2009 me at that, was that our second Global Ethics Summit? I think it was the, our second Global Ethics Summit that you were at. If you had told 2009 me that that this would be the picture in 2022, I don't think I would have believed you at that point. It would have seemed a little far-fetched, but it's really, I think, a symbol of where the space has gotten to, the importance of the work that we do, the work that our community does, that you have companies like Alpine looking at us and saying, hey, let's go make the world a better place. Absolutely. And let's make a profit while we're doing it. What's, right. What could be better than that? What could be better? Yeah. Yeah. Before we move further into the corporate world, we have to talk about your new role with Ethosphere and Andrew's new role. Yep. So I was wondering if you could talk about moving up to the CEO chair and then Andrew moving in and what that will mean for you going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So Tim Arblick, who your listeners know very well as Ethosphere's long-term CEO, he has moved into a senior advisor role. So Tim's going to be advising the business and really focusing on those high-level conversations where he is working with customers to solve some of their thorniest problems. So he'll be working, moving into that role. And the Alpine team has asked me to step up and serve as CEO. And I could not be more excited to have the opportunity to do that. It's my primary responsibility, as the Alpine team has told me, is a chief proselytizer. So I will be spending a lot of time and energy talking about the why behind the work we do and the power of the data that we have and what it means to the business community as a whole, especially I think, Tom, as, as we move into some economically murkier waters, helping to remind businesses as a whole of the value of a strong compliance program, the business value of the strong compliance program, that's a role that somebody really needs to fill and I'm delighted to be the one to do. So I'll be doing a lot of that. My longtime colleague, Andrew Neblett, who was at the first chief operating officer is moving into the president role and he will be doing a lot of the technology oversight. So we are going to be investing heavily in the infrastructure that allows us to bring our data to the communities that we support. And Andrew's team is going to be doing a lot of that work. And then we have someone joining us from the Alpine side who is going to really be working on infrastructure projects, all the in-the-walls finance and HR work that was going to allow us to grow the way that we want to grow over the course of the next couple of weeks. I'm going to go back to the title of the press release because, as I said, I saw about six different uh, <laughs> podcasts in that. 
and it's <clears throat> grow data-centered approach yep. to ESG governance. And I'm going to focus not on the data, but on the ESG governance. I was on a podcast earlier, and my guest said it all flows from governance, mm-hmm. and everything flows from governance. And to have now the data-centered approach to governance, I think, really gives boards new power, particularly around the ESG context. And if I could explain why I think that's so powerful, I see ESG as a business process. I see it as bringing together in a more holistic way corporate topics and issues that have been certainly looked at and measured, but in a much more siloed manner. I could never before hear, think about hearing of an environmental lawyer talking to a compliance professional, for instance. And there are other examples. But now we have someone, whether it's the head of sustainability, a chief compliance officer, or a board at the ESG level, looking at this holistically. And now with data to make those decisions, I think will only make businesses more efficient But now we're moving into an area, a new area of governance. So I wanted to, it's a very long-winded way of introducing the question of the term ESG governance. What do you see in that? And why do you see governance as so critical at this juncture? I think it's a great question, Tom. And I agree fundamentally with your characterization of most of the ESG work as really being business process. And part of the reason why I think this is so important at this particular time is the There are so many companies out there that are trying to figure out what ESG means to them. And it's very easy to chase the ratings agencies and be like, oh, so-and-so wants me to report on X, so I'll go report on X. And if if you can't step back and say, does X matter to us? then you're really wasting a lot of effort in the process. So when I think about ESG governance and particularly the data centered aspect of ESG governance, it's about stepping back and saying, These are the things that matter to us. And that formula is going to be a little different depending on what kind of business you're in, right? Not every business is going to care about all of the elements of the E or all the elements of the things that could be in the E. And so the governance piece of it is really about defining who your stakeholders are, understanding what what matters to those stakeholders, figuring out what you can track and not track, tracking those things well, and reporting on them holistically so that the people who are ingesting the information that's coming out from you understand what your goals are and how you're going to measure getting there and tying those things back to the why, right? Because again, it is, if you don't have significant carbon footprint risk, then why are you chasing reporting on carbon footprint risk when you could be spending your time reporting on modern slavery, or you could be spending your time reporting on DEI or something else that has so much more impact on your business, but you can't make that determination if you haven't figured out what matters to you in the first place. So really starting with that, what's our governing framework? Which of the agencies do we care about? Because every one of them has a slightly different framework. If you look at MSCI's ESG categorization, it's different than BlackRock's. And those are the kinds of things that that we're encouraging companies to think about, and we think we can have a role to play. I certainly think you have a role to play. I think we all have a role to play, and I can't wait to see the advocacy you will engage in as the future as an evangelist. So welcome yeah. to the evangelistic community. But the are there any specific initiatives you have in mind now or should we wait for further developments? No, so I think probably, Tom, the thing that I'm most excited about that the team's working on right now is we are 
We have heard loud and clear from the community that we serve that there are elements of program measurement that they would like to see better definition around. And so we're really working hard right now to categorize what those are, figure out how to collect the information necessary, and then match it in and connect it in with the information that we already have. So whether that is pulling in third-party data sets into the other work that we do, adding in additional regulatory frameworks into our analysis, all of those pieces are things that, that I'm particularly excited about. We're going to be going on a big listening tour. So we'll be sitting down with a lot of customers talking about our vision of the future and getting their input on what it looks like. And that is going to be a lot of my work over the course of November and December, along with other members of the team. So Tim, Andrew, and others, we're going to be going on a little bit of a roadshow and trying to figure out exactly what the community needs from us and how we can potentially meet those needs provided that it makes sense for us. That's the other thing too that I'm excited about is for a long time, Ethosphere has taken on any topic that is of interest to us and Alpine is going to push us to be tied to our mission and our purpose in a way that I think will really benefit us in the long run. That last point is a great insight coming from a legal background where you took any work. uh, Then for me, moving into compliance and trying to limit myself to that, it really allows you to focus on not simply what matters to you but to focus on it in a much more robust way. Yeah. Erica, I am so excited for you. I'm so excited for Ethosphere. I can't wait to see what you guys have come up with over the past year or 18 months. You've really brought in some top-notch people. Obviously, I love Bill Coffin and what he's yeah. doing with all of that, which I've really appreciated. And Andrew and his team have been great. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. And I know we'll be continuing this conversation. For sure. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you so much. It's it's a lot of fun to come on and celebrate this news with somebody like yourself who has really been there since the beginning and understands how significant this is for all of us. So appreciate the time. This is Tom Foxkin. Thank you for joining me for this exploration of the Oracle FCPA Enforcement Action. I'm thrilled to announce that multiple podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network were recently awarded W3 Awards. All Things Investigations, the Hughes Hubbard podcast, was awarded uh, a silver award for general series, law, and legal services for podcast. Because that's what heroes do, uh, one for arts and cultures in podcast. Hidden Crime, that's Gwen Hassan's podcast, one for crime for podcast. Compliance in the Weeds with my good friend Matt Kelly. Uh, Matt and I won an award for best co-hosts for podcasts. And the Hill Country podcast was also honored for arts and culture for podcasts. And then finally, Life with GDPR. That's my podcast with Jonathan Armstrong for professional service for podcasts. And I'm really proud to announce that a gold award was given to Trekking Through Compliance once again, in arts and culture for podcasts. So the Compliance Podcast Network continues to garner awards. I hope that you will check out one or more of these podcasts. This is Tom Fox. I hope you'll join me next week on another episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.